You know what that sound means. Welcome to the most interesting part of your day. An exciting episode of the Metaphysical Mysteries with your intrepid hosts, Dr. Terry Trubla and Tom Greenhall. Always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you, the free and the brave. We encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items, links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests. We are excited to have you with us again. And as you know, this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field. We cover everything from ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, amazing healing sciences, and leading technologies that are simply the coolest. We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors, and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode. Hello, folks. Hey, this is Dr. Terry and Tom, again with the Metaphysical Mysteries, the most interesting part of your day. And today we have with us a filmmaker, actress, producer, oh boy, director, uh, writer, uh, CEO of Crazy Carrots Film, Dana Keppel. How about that? Thanks for being here. Hey guys. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Very good. And you have a, you are going to have an upcoming kind of metaphysical film coming out, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's um, called Reflect and it comes out on August 25th. You can watch it on most major streaming platforms, Voodoo, Apple, Amazon. Uh, just Google it. It should come up. Reflect the movie. Fantastic. And, you know, your interests, I've got a whole bunch of interests here that uh, yeah. you're into. It's metaphysics, philosophy, um, mythology, plasma. Yes. Future, you're a futurist. And so yes. forth, and it goes on and on. So yeah. what are we going to talk about? Yeah, well, I guess I could tell you guys a little bit about my film and then okay. I can't tell too much though. And then we could just dive into random metaphysical topics. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> okay. We'll just see well, where the conversation goes. Sure. Okay. Well, tell us about the film. How's it, what's it, what's it all about? Yeah. So the way I came up with this film was kind of important too. I was actually acting and filming a movie in Arizona and we, we were doing a lot of night shoots. So I didn't see the sun a lot and I started to become very depressed. And someone told me, Hey, you should go to Sedona after you film. There's a vortex there and it's beautiful energy. And at the time I didn't know much about it. So I went and yeah, just being there and feeling the energy and feeling so lonely at the same time, made me think like I should write a movie about a couple girls, five girls that go to the desert or Sedona and have a spiritual experience. So as soon as I got home, I started writing what was to be reflect, which we actually shot three months after I wrote it, which is crazy in Hollywood time. So yeah, I wrote the script in about two weeks really fast. I did maybe a couple revisions and then I started raising money right away. Uh, and then, yeah, we raised the money in a month, which is also crazy. And then we filmed it in December, 2021 in Sedona. Um, but yeah, it was about, it's about five girls, all different, come from all different backgrounds and they take a road trip to Sedona. They're invited on a spiritual obstacle course. 
So then I can't tell too much, but they get there and a lot of start weird things start to happen in this vortex. Uh, there are some rumors, of course, about shadow work. And when you do work on yourself, a lot of dark things can come up and a lot of people are scared of that. And my movie is, hope, without giving too much away, hopefully shining a light on it's okay for those things to come up and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah, that's as much as I can, I can't give too much about the movie unless you guys want to ask specific questions, but hopefully it, it can affect guys and girls watching it. But hopefully what people take away from it is just to ask more questions about themselves, their backgrounds, their beliefs, their thought processes, and just realizing that they can change their life at any given time and they can change their beliefs. But the most important part of that, in my opinion, is healing yourself. Fantastic. Yeah. I figured you would have two um, intrepid podcasters that would go on this adventure with you and document it as you uh, five girls go through this process. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, there is exactly. there is actually funny you say that there's a character in it um, who's actually my boyfriend. His name is Beal, and he's an interdimensional podcaster, TV reporter who okay. is basically they're on a TV show. I could say this. They're on a TV show, an interdimensional TV show called The Game of Life. And he's reporting on what's going on almost to like laugh at the absurdity of life and how there are these things out there watching us. Um, so, yeah, I thought that would be a funny little thing to add in it. That's good. Well, it gets into philosophical thought, too. I mean, because clearly yeah. um, a lot of people are, you know, kind of of the belief that we are in an illusion and science is yeah. pretty much approved, you know, says that's it. If you believe the Max Planck Institute, which, yeah, I do, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and so if they are an illusion, then uh, these spirits, uh, their thoughts are these spirits may actually be you know, other people that are helping you in the illusion as we're all working out different problems as a group. Yes, that's is kind of my, I have so many different philosophies. I like to call myself a metaphysical philosopher. Um, but yeah, my theory, my, and these are all, you know, obviously my opinions and my perspectives, which I'm very aware of, and I don't claim to be right about anything, but my experience has been that I think we are some type of fluid holographic reality projection of our soul. And I think that not only are there millions and many realities that split off every time we make a choice, but there are also other dimensions where our future selves live or part of our soul family live. I don't claim to know what that is, but I've always thought there's, so that's like, it's a grid, basically like picture a cross. I've always wondered because three is a special number. What is that other third, third almost dimension of that? So if we have the realities and we have the dimensions, I was like, I wonder what the other thing is connecting it all. And that's, you know, how I started. That's one of the ways I started looking into maybe plasma, or as I like to call it, love is this glue that binds everything and maybe can, you know, help people travel through it or something. Who knows? Who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> How uh, how metaphysical would you think the Hollywood community is these days as maybe compared to back a few years ago? Huh. Hmm. So I think that there are a lot of metaphysical people in Hollywood, like James Cameron and um, Chris Nolan, who wrote Interstellar. I mean, those things have clearly metaphysical topics. I don't know if they know they're metaphysical. But I think a lot of people channel metaphysical topics without realizing it, it 
Um, I see that in Hollywood all the time. Um, as far as people who are intentionally metaphysical, I do know there's this guy from the office named Rain. Uh, is it Rain Wilson, Ryan? Rain Wilson. And he is a metaphysical uh, either podcast or like a uh, media group. So there are, they are out there, but as far as compared to a couple of years ago, I think it is becoming more accepted, but I still get made fun of all the time. <laughs> well, it's easier to make fun of it than it is to plow through it and learn it. Yes. Because once you are awake to these things, you can't be a crappy person anymore. And in Hollywood it's hard. <laughs> it's just a difficult place to make a living. No question about it. And keep your soul. Yeah. But I've managed to do both. <laughs> there you go there you go Tommy. you had a question yeah how'd you find trying to do this movie out there where you have the hollywood you know la connection did you find it readily accepted or pushback uh how did it land for you yeah so i um i got i got lucky and i had pushback so when i first started telling people i was going to make this movie I got told by a couple, uh, a bigger lawyer in Hollywood that I should take that money and go to film school instead. And then I got told by a female filmmaker who made a short film. She said, you'll never be able to make this. Uh, you should just quit now. It's a horrible time for women. And, you know, as I say, and as you guys think, we kind of create our own reality. So I just chose not to listen to them. And then again, when I made the film and started trying to sell it to different distribution companies, almost everyone emailed me back saying, we don't know what to do with this. We can't take it. We don't know how to market this. We don't know what genre this is. Is this sci-fi? Is this horror? Is this comedy? They were like, good luck, uh, like cool film, but like good luck selling it. And then this company, Good Deed Entertainment, I came across, messaged me and loved it. So yeah, I got really lucky with them. They seem to like this stuff. So I think it's something to be said for not trying to fit in. If you keep going that path, eventually you'll find your people. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there is a huge hunger in America for these metaphysical things because people are thinking about these things. And it almost goes back to some of the church stuff. You can only learn so much in the current framework that the church provides. And you yeah. need to go out on your own, look at the History Channel and the ancient aliens. And yeah, those are huge draws because people are just starving for accurate data and so forth that can be put into an entertainment form that's also educational um, and makes you think. And um, yeah, granted, yeah, sometimes you may want to watch the Three Stooges. You don't want to think. You just want to be entertained. Yes, that's fine, too. Course. But when you're you know, a working mind and you go, you know, I always thought about what are ghosts? What are, you know, what are spirits? What's a medium? You know, uh, you know, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? And you start getting entertainment forums that start to answer those questions. That's when, you know, you're really picking up a big bunch of people. But I mean, you even go back to Mel Gibson doing the passion of Christ, you know, um, it was a big draw for that. Of course, get a lot of kickback in the Hollywood community for that because of yeah. you know, Christian belief systems. But it's not so much yeah. that it's a Christian thing. It's an actual documentary almost, if you will, um, with some beliefs within it. You don't have to choose to believe them, but you can certainly yeah. uh, be entertained by it and pick up a book or something and go look for yourself. Yeah. And I think I'm one of those people. I think there's a wealth of knowledge in the Bible. I think Neville Campbell wrote a book about it that really inspired me. Whether I believe in that or not, there's so much you can learn from every religion. Uh, I, of course, I'm myself, I'm not religious, but yeah, I think 
you can learn so much from them. And I think another thing in Hollywood that they try to do is they try to put everything into a box. What can be proved with statistics and logic? And I think they're missing a huge component, which I hope to be one of the, you know, people riding this new wave is intuition and people who are yearning to learn more about themselves and these philosophies. And I hope to start a new genre, which is metaphysical film or philosophical film. And, you know, the biggest films, Interstellar, Contact, these were all those kind of films. And, you know, right now there's just sci-fi, but I really think there's an opportunity here to bring about a new genre where a bunch of people can help teach humanity with these films. Oh, no, no question. I mean, even go back to Star Trek, the original TV series, tons yes. of philosophy in there and yes. uh, exploration of, you know, race, creeds, cultures, um, all the things, and they put it in an entertainment form. That way, you know, you could do it. And nobody would say much because it happened out in space in the future, right? <laughs> yeah. There's funny you talk about Star Trek because Star Wars um, talks a lot about the force. And this is another topic I won't get too much into, but I'm writing a book, a nonfiction book about plasma intelligence. And I compare it a lot to the force. And I think that he was, George Lucas was definitely channeling something with Star Wars and the force and I don't even know if he realizes what he did. Someone else wrote a book. Uh, I think it's called The Dark Materials that has a lot to do with plasma dust mm -hmm. and plasma. They don't call it that. But yeah, there's so many truths channeled in Hollywood. And I feel like if you just said that there was a genre like that, instead of it sci being sci-fi, you would actually draw more people to it because some people don't want to watch Star Wars or Star Trek because they think it's just sci-fi. You don't realize how much beautiful lessons are in these things. Yeah, absolutely. You you got to step yourself out of the box a little bit, and uh, you know, uh, and somebody who's doing a lot of that is uh, Billy Carson. If you're familiar with him, if not, I would suggest people look him up. Um, he's doing the research, uh, amazing research. You know, even comparing the Emerald Tablets of Thoth to the yes. uh, Bible. You know, and showing the what Thoth had to say, and then the reproduction of it in the Bible. And that happened yeah. before the Egyptian culture, culture back in the Atlantean cultures. And some of your more esoteric um, organizations actually have that huh? information and they keep it very quiet. Uh, oh, yeah. Pretty interesting stuff when you get into that. It really is. So. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've heard about him on TikTok. I don't know him like well enough to speak on him. So I don't want to embarrass myself, but sure. I have I have had for instance, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but I had a channeling or just something come to my head once about the star uh, Cygnus or as a constellation Cygnus, the star. And then something told me it was something, something called, called the star of Bethlehem and had to, and I looked more into it and I went down this whole rabbit hole and then looked into this. I think it was a star called Deneb. Um, and then I turned and then, it's too much to talk about, but I've, I think that a lot of people channel these ancient things because the real, from at least what I've read, the real knowledge, ancient knowledge was kept in memory and in DNA and passed on. So as much as these secret societies, do you want to hold it closed? I think people that are meant to channel it are going to channel it whether or not they release it. So, you know, the right people are going to figure out this information one way or the other. 
no, no question about it because you know we have our conscious mind which we use to, to communicate like we are now but then you have your subconscious mind above that which controls yeah. everything and then above that we upload our stuff into the universal consciousness or some yeah. people call it god consciousness depends on your belief system and then everybody can access that and yes. so this is why people they get uh, inventions, one in China and one in America, at virtually the same time, they're all channeling from the universal consciousness. You know, Tesla was a big believer yes. in that kind of thing. So um, metaphysics is really uh, moving forward. And um, I think it was, you know, it was religion has always been the persecutor of metaphysics um, through the eons yeah. of time, because lots of religions, you know, apply certain control principles on their yeah. constituents. And, um, but I think it was, I think it was Pope John Paul II that said, you know, science and religion are not opposing forces. They just don't know each other yet. Yeah. Fully. And yeah. that's, that's what metaphysics is all about. I mean, anything above physical. Um, and so when you think of things like uh, Jesus as an example, what a mystic. Um, you know, what, yeah. a, what a psychic medium, you know, the lady at the well, he told her what all the, all the husbands she'd had before um, when uh, Nathaniel um, came as one of the apostles. And he said, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip brought you here. Well, that's all psychic, you know, and that's just the way it is. So it, this has been around from the beginning of time Ever. and we always seem to think we found out oh i mean we just you know relocated it somewhere and you know we've rediscovered it something that we'd done eons ago uh, and yeah. you know with consciousness comes life and yeah. life then it comes out in a lot of different ways and one way is in the human bag of bones that we occupy mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Tommy, you yeah. want to get to this? It's ironic with all this, really, what this comes down to is relearning what we already know. Yes. Yeah, and it takes you a while to, to figure that out. <laughs> it does. It does. So when it comes to um, some of your interests here, when you take yeah. metaphysics or philosophy or even mythology, um, yeah. how do you roll that into a project that yes. you know, is going to make sense to people? Yes, I'm glad you asked. I actually, I wanted to take a quick break to also announce I have a poetry book that just came out. Oh, great. Um, it's called, this is a sample copy I'm holding up, but it's called Autopoesis Metaphysical Poetry. Gotcha. And it's poems about love, loss, and finding yourself in the midst of it all. And it actually combines metaphysics, philosophy, and mythology. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I can, and I'll tell you how my method of combining all of these, but I did want to shamelessly plug that book for anyone. And they, uh, there's cool pictures and all the poems and it's, nice. they're just really, it's almost like very interdimensional, strange channeled poems that you won't find in normal books. And I paid extra for the color in them. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, we'll, we'll get that linked up uh, on the website yeah. so people can get access that. Is that, yeah, available? Yeah, yeah. is that available like through what Amazon or do you get a yes. director? Yeah, it's available now through Amazon. You can get the ebook for 99 cents or the paperback for $14.99. It has five star ratings, 20 of, I think like 25 of them now. And it is, it was a best new seller in metaphysics. It was number one in metaphysics um, and mysticism, which was really cool. I got very nice. excited. 
Absolutely. It's something to get excited about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that's a nice little, you know, add on to my film, but as far as mythology, philosophy, and metaphysics, the way I kind of roll it all into each other was a mistake. Um, as I said, the first kind of channelings to me personally were about plasma. And I almost compare like the plasma field to the Akashic field where everything's kind of all, all up in there. Um, that led me down a rabbit hole about the mythology of Anana, the goddess of Sumeria. Um, I think there's a lot of connections there. I'm actually writing my next film about that. Um, so yeah, I kind of take the mythology of like how they even say in the Bible that you, they made things from clay and they molded things together to make uh, the first, to make people. Sometimes they have those in different religions. I say, if plasma is the invisible clay, our consciousness, it's a vehicle for our consciousness where we impress on it or mold what we want to become into matter. So I don't know how I really combine them, to be honest. I just, I just read a lot in all three subjects and I happen to have what I would call like new thoughts that I haven't heard before because of the combination. Like, I think mythology is a huge key that sometimes is left out of the equation. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a question. I mean, obviously you're very passionate about all these topics. Yeah. And a lot of the catalyst was, as you said, you're in Sedona, the vortex. What was your world like before all of this? Like, you know, who are you and how did you really get going on all this deal? Yeah. Um, it's such a loaded, long question, but I'll try to shorten it. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I grew up with a lot of darkness in my life. Honestly, I was adopted and I, I, you know, wrestled with that. And I also went through a lot of bullying as a kid, not having a lot of friends. Um, I had, you know, some unfortunate traumatic things happen with a gymnastics teacher who, you know, we should not have put our trust in. And then through my teenage years, I developed a drug and alcohol addiction. So I had a, a rough go of it. I would say <laughs> the first 20 years of my life or so. And then I got sober at the age of 21. And then my life really started to turn around. I read the book, The Secret then. Um, but still in my twenties, I don't think I was ready for any of this information. I always was pretty psychic growing up. And I think I tried to numb that because I didn't know, you know, I think because of all the darkness I was going through, I was seeing a lot of dark things, which is very normal, which I now know. Um, and when I started to heal myself through my twenties and have more positive experiences, I started to open up more to that. But yeah, even in my twenties, I was still very asleep. I was, you know, obsessed with normal, you know, mass media things, consumerism, you know, TV movies, not like those are bad, but that's the only thing I would do. And be, you know, there wasn't anything outside of that, no nature, nothing. Nature was not even a thought in my mind. Uh, and then I have to credit LA. I moved to LA and I think that was even my low point feeling very lost here and just like not knowing who I was. And um, that led me, that all led me to, you know, where I was acting in this place in Arizona being like, you know, I'm depressed. I, it was a great experience, but I was like, I want to do more than just act, uh, you know? Yeah. It all kind of just exploded. I started doing transcendental meditation and started channeling things, remembering things from my childhood. Uh, and then I started writing and directing movies and really found my passion for writing and directing and then for writing books about these metaphysical topics. So here I am now. That's the shortest I can make it. No, it doesn't have to be short. I think it's interesting to uh audience 
you know, to know who you yeah. are in the, the track record, because some of them may be walking the same path or similar paths. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, like, I still I think, you know, even the biggest speakers about spirituality, metaphysics, we're all on a healing journey and we all are human, which we can't forget. That's why I never say to put people on a pedestal. Uh, or like think anyone's our hero. I think we're our own hero. And I think everyone's special and has their own talents. And I, you know, think it's important to be very transparent that I still have trouble making friends. And I think it stems back to abandonment issues I'm still working on where I think I associated being when I was adopted, even this is therapy work I did, but hopefully it can help someone because I was with my mom for only nine months in her womb and then kind of ripped away or that's how it felt. I've associated friendships and relationships with being very hot, very fast. And then after a year or so they fizzle out and I've always cycled through people, through friends and relationships. And I think I was just trying to connect to anything where now through healing work, I've realized you have to have discernment and judgment and not just connect to anyone who gives you attention or who's nice to you. And, you know, long, long-term relationships that are maybe slower or takes more time to get to know someone, those are healthy versus codependent relationships. So that was just a big thing that I'm finally learning now at 33. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, I'm learning so many things, but yeah, that's just a, a, a big realization. That was a big realization for me. <laughs> gotcha. Well, <clears throat> we do, both Tom and I do a lot of work with folks that have a similar description uh to what you just described and so oh. and uh i was adopted as well oh wow so, oh my yeah. gosh i didn't know that yeah so but you know i found my uh, biological family though i was like 50 years old when i found my biological family so yes great fun it was a blast it was super we get along wonderfully because I found out I had three sisters on my mother's side and I had oh four God. siblings, two brothers, two sisters on my father's side. And then the, oh the brothers I grew up with. So, I mean, I went from two to 10, like whatever, instantly, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a fabulous, in fact, uh, everybody I tell the story to, and Tom's heard most of it, not all of it, but because it's mm -hmm. kind of a long thing, they said this and everybody is very sincere when they hear this. They're crying, actually, because it's so nice. Yeah. And this ought to be a Hallmark movie. That's They tell me that all the time. It is so unbelievable that, you know, you're only one person removed from your family your whole life. You know, yeah. always worried in high school and college. I don't want to be dating my sister. <laughs> I felt the same exact way. I yeah. don't want to be dating my brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's and you so read these cute. stories of that where you've, you know, met your half brother, half sister, and next thing you know, they've got three kids and been married for 20 years and they find out they're siblings. Okay, now what do yeah. you do? <laughs> that would be a nightmare. I think you're at the deep end of the pool by that time. So <laughs> I think yeah. you're you're in for the long haul. But it's funny stuff. But yeah, I think folks that are adopted, they have a um very uh, uh, unique situation where they're trying to really establish who they are, where they where they come from, and yeah. talk about and try to be around people. You know, not that the adoptive families are bad; they're fantastic, fantastic, yeah, no. very supportive and very good. But sometimes you want to say, "Oh, how come? How come I look the way I do, laugh the way I do, eat the things I do?" And you find out when you do meet your sisters and brothers and whatnot. Okay, now I know. That's where I got that. 
that is something that's very important to me actually to talk about too, because um I I always felt I always call my on Instagram, I call myself Dana the alien because I've always felt like an alien because I didn't feel a hundred percent connected to anyone but myself. Cause I would say, you know, my there was my adopted family, my birth family, but both, you know, my adopted family obviously we're not blood related. I love them. They were amazing. But then my birth mom, I don't feel connected to, or my birth father either. Cause I met them as well and have siblings because they feel more like friends or aunts or uncles, but it's like, I only a hundred percent connect to me. So I think it pushed me even more into that self-discovery journey. Cause I had no choice, but to connect to myself. Cause there wasn't a normal family or connection experience that most people have. And I'm grateful for it because it's put me on a certain path, but it's definitely unique. And I would also really beg parents to please encourage have your having your kids meet their birth parents. Don't make it about you. Don't let your fear of losing them, you know, stop your kid from looking for them. Cause I've heard that a lot. And it's very unfortunate because, you know, yeah, you're holding on to them. And if you let, if you really love someone and let them go, they'll always come back to you. So yeah, that's very important to me to tell people. I think Tom would say, agree with me. We get a lot of people who are, I'll call them, they call themselves this damaged when they were little through trauma and other things. And we find over and over, because we do the podcast and meet yeah. so many unique people, talk to them off the air and all kinds of stuff, but they get almost shoved into being psychic and medium because they go within themselves because they're traumatized in one <laughs> form or another, according to them. And it's really yeah. kind of a perspective, but at least their perspective at the time, that's, they believe that. So when they're little, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, I really do have to go in my closet and be with myself, you know, that kind of thing. And so we see yeah. this over and over with people. I mean, you know, big names and stuff that have had got this early childhood trauma of some sort. And it makes whatever skill sets they have that much more honed or opened when they wouldn't maybe otherwise have explored that. So I think we all come in with a plan to some degree that we put together ourselves on the other side. And so yes. you were absolutely supposed to have the parents that you did have, and you were absolutely supposed to have the bio parents that you did have. That was all designed to pull something yeah, out of yeah. you that's going to create really an impact on a broader yeah. uh, part of the population that and help a lot of people so you know my hat's yeah. off to you for for processing this and going forward and uh, you know so, Sedona is a fun place to go to do that though I will say it yeah. could be worse places if you had to go to Nome Alaska or something in the middle of the winter that probably wouldn't be as much fun no. as Sedona but uh, no. you know I tell you I, I've been to Sedona of course several times and yeah um one thing it drives me absolutely nuts i it probably didn't drive you nuts at all but it did me mm -hmm. everything in that town is the same damn color i mean you can only have like four colors per some ordinance on your building yes. so you can't find anything unless you're gpsing right to it because you can't tell the difference between a hardware store and a grocery store uh, I will yeah. say this, though, if you want to get a picture of the only golden arches that are actually teal, yes. Sedona is the only place you can do it. And the McDonald's arches are teal color. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. But they they're they real low. And I guess the whole concept behind that is they don't want something standing, being gaudy in front of the mountains because people are coming out there to see all that. You yeah. Know? I saw but that when I was there. Whew, drives me bat crazy. 
<laughs> it really yeah, does. But they, I'm, I'm easily, uh, easily entertained, but uh, so. <laughs> Tommy, what do you think? I've been to Sedona, but I didn't get the arches. I want to go back out when there's a little bit of a snow cap. I didn't get to see that. I've yeah. seen pictures of that, and that just looks awesome. That seems like yeah. that would be a very tranquil, peaceful time to go. Right. The, yeah, the at, funny thing about that is, I'm oh, sorry, go I was going to say, there, there is a guy, a guide out there I recommend. His, his name is Joseph White Wolf. Okay. And uh, obviously native, uh, I think he's, an, well, he's Native American, but I think he may be Canadian uh, originally. But anyway, uh, he does a great uh, tour out there, you know, and you got, of course, you got the pink, oh. the pink Jeeps and all the, all that standard stuff where you can go out and see some of the uh, hieroglyphic type things and so forth, which is pretty fascinating if, if you're into all that. Uh, but sometimes cool. you just want to go chill, and that's a pretty good place to chill. And there's some cool stuff to go do. And I have really stuck my nose in some really cool metaphysical things to do while out there. And uh, yes. always get very interesting results. And Well, Tom could tell you about that someday. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so did you do any adventures when you were in Sedona? Um, well, while we were shooting, we were so busy shooting that we actually had no time to do much else. But when we were shooting, we did get to go to the birthing cave because we actually shot the end scene there. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing to hike there and shoot that and climb up to that cave. I thought I was going to get sued because everyone was going to die hiking up that and <laughs> drop the camera, but we didn't. Um, I liked, I think it was called Boynton Canyon. That was really nice too. Um, we've got, you know, went to all the crystal stores. That was really fun. We didn't do much besides that though. Cause, uh, we, we shot a cathedral rock, which was beautiful. Gorgeous. Um, yeah. The funny thing about our shooting actually is that we shot in December and it was freezing and luckily it did not snow for whatever reason, but we're all in like, as you can see, like white dresses and little ballet shoes. And, um, it was like 30 to 40 degrees the whole time we shot. So we had to try not to shiver on camera. And gotcha. I don't know what the heck I was thinking shooting in December, but I was told there weren't tourists there in December, 2021. So it looks like no one's there, which was amazing. Yeah, it, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> it is bizarre when you get to some place and there's nobody there. Uh, I got detailed to, uh, New Orleans after yeah. Katrina. and we were down there and I remember walking down Bourbon Street and uh, I'm in law enforcement so I had a guy from the uh, it was like the 82nd Airborne and two New York mm -hmm. PD guys and, and we just stopped just we all just kind of stopped and I'm just looking around and you get you know uh, curtains uh, the flowing outside the high-rise buildings you know where this where it's been shattered by the storm and um you know all these places that are normally just full of people the only thing we left was the new orleans ghosts and i said i just stopped and i said man are you guys thinking what i'm thinking they're like yeah that's did you ever dream in your wildest dreams you would be standing here with police officers from across the country and not yeah. a damn soul anywhere oh, wow and that's just, it was like, you know, Superman's bizarro world, uh, yeah. was literally a movie set and, uh, but real. And it was just a phenomenal experience. I knew it'd be one of those anchor moments that we all have. And uh, until you're there and experience something like that, you just, you just don't get it. I mean, that's just crazy. Wow. Fun stuff. Yeah. 
Danny, I have a question yeah. for you for your film. Yeah. The other people, the cast members in your film, are they of the same mindset of the metaphysical as you are? Or did you have to do a little coaxing and convincing to get them to go along with this? Yeah, um, most of them like aren't really. So Grace Patterson, she um, plays Katie in the film. She, I would say, is the closest as far as the mindset where she's very positive mind her mindset's very positive but she's actually religious i think i don't know i might be misspeaking but she's in some kind of catholic or something like that religion so i didn't have to coax her into it because she's my friend and she loves acting but it definitely is different than i'm sure her normal everyday beliefs uh and then her cousin marissa patterson was also in it she played annie she also is religious so it's kind of funny but you know religion can be spiritual too so but yeah it was definitely different than their everyday belief system uh and then ariana brown and uh jadalyn are the other two they i don't know their beliefs but i just think they're like normal people not don't i don't think they think too deep into that maybe ariana a little bit she had friends that were very metaphysical but yeah i didn't have to convince anyone everyone loves acting and they were my friends so but they definitely you know laugh i got a few chuckles at some of the lines <laughs> i wrote absolutely did you have yeah. did you have uh, particular challenges in filming this at that time yeah. um yeah well as far as financial challenges when we you know did raise the money initially one or I think one or two people, but one person, you know, told us he was sending money that never came. So, you know, some of the money just dropped out and we had to get it all over again. That was extremely stressful, but it all worked out. Um, and then as far as the challenges there, the biggest thing I can think of is that it rained one day when we were supposed to film outside. We did not have the budget or time to film another day or the schedule capabilities. So we literally, I had to rewrite the scene in an hour in my room and we filmed it in the Airbnb instead. And I rewrote the whole scene. So we were in the womb of mother earth and I had the art department go out and get uh, red curtains to put all around us to look like we're in a mother earth's womb instead of being near the tree outside. So yeah, I had to really think on my, on my toes. Um, I think that was it. Honestly, besides that, we were extremely, we even had a tarot reader on set. Uh, this girl that plays Anana, who's one of their guides in the Vortex. She is an actual tarot reader. Her name's Campbell Crates. And she was like, everyone loved her. I think we all bugged her so much with those tarot readings. <laughs> so did you, did you actually feel Vortex energy when you were there? Would you describe yes, what you did? Yeah. So actually we had some like divine interference when we were filming. Um, there's this one scene where Anana who Campbell plays her, she's like breathing. Um, and then the trees behind her, the tree started breathing with her. Like it started moving at the same speed as her. That was crazy. There was also times where we really needed wind to blow and we didn't have a wind blower and the wind blew perfect and, you know, made it look how it was supposed to look. Wow. Yeah. So those things were kind of interesting. Um, also, I think a couple of us saw like, or we had interesting dreams while we were there. I had really interesting meditations with a lot of guidance. And sometimes when we were taking pictures, like orbs or like lights would show up in them that, you know, if we take them here, we don't see. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what it was, but there was, there was definitely like something watching over us when we were filming. Nice. Yeah. Tommy? As long as it wasn't a critic, you're in good shape. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure I will get some credit criticism, but I think that's fine. <laughs> Did you get any of those so, to show up in the post-production as you were viewing the film? Did I get any of the angels or the little the lights? Um, well, the ones in the movie that are in the film are VFX. So no, not real ones. <laughs> you need to hang out with us. You get real ones. Yeah, no, yeah. that'd be, that'd be great. I went to this place in Washington. Uh, I think it's called East City Ranch. And I saw some insane orbs out there and I have those on video. So like, I know that I'm, or well, they were probably UFOs, but um, I know that stuff is real. Yeah. Yeah. Or out there. We've got, uh, we've got some on our website, uh, some really bizarre stuff that uh, have been submitted to us or we've taken ourselves. Um, the one that was, uh, well, we had a couple of them. There's one of, um, on the website, a green person inside a shower. It's actually, they're dead, but it came up green when, when photographed really bizarre. Um, we also had one, it didn't show up real well on film. You almost have to see the original is in, uh, touring the Tom Sawyer cave in Missouri. Okay. So we had, uh, anomalies show up that do occasionally show up and yeah. a couple of different ones and uh, and a mist that came through in the middle of this cave and there's no way that could actually happen and we actually showed the uh, people there who work at run it and they said oh yeah this is actually you captured it that's what we see exactly what you've got and this is really a good one so unfortunately wow. it doesn't transfer from the original camera onto the internet very well you know it's unfortunate yeah. i would recommend people actually turn the lights off when they look at that particular piece uh to get the better sense of it and you got to look at it a few times it's just it's and the thing is we my wife and i were in there i was doing the stills and she was uh -huh. doing the video and it was absolutely one thousand percent pitch black we were just shooting into the area where this was supposed to take place and uh -huh. bigger than crap, we caught it on video and stills. Whoa. Very cool, very cool stuff. So yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff out there, and and we do have a lot of orbs on on our on our site as well. So fascinating, yeah. fascinating stuff. It'd be a good place to uh, go know, shoot the sequel to the movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. Well, we got some other stuff coming up too in Hollywood, so to speak, which is. It's metaphysic uh, and kind of religious too. Is I saw the uh, the Pope's Exorcist, that kind of stuff is up there, yeah. and that's uh, that is a real thing. Uh, exorcism yeah. is a real thing. Now the way you know they show it, you know, of course, there's the Hollywood tilt on everything to make it a little exciting and put the right music to it and all that sort of thing. So I think those kinds of things are absolutely fascinating to people. Uh, of course, people like to be scared, but when you actually understand the science, like Tom and I go in and we really dig into the science of it all, then yeah. you kind of lose, you lose a lot of the fear, if not all of it. And it becomes in some cases actually a little bit humorous. Um, but yeah. for most people, it is, uh, it is really scary stuff, but that goes right back to what you're trying to do is get into the whole metaphysics and th that whole exorcism type s series of films that are out there, that is really something people like to watch. And uh, they yeah. don't understand it necessarily, but they, they like to watch it. No, yeah, I think so. I think, 
I think my film will definitely be different than a lot of films out there. It more feels like a board game than a film or like a mystery school download. Yep. And I was fine with that. Like this isn't about being like this most amazing character piece ever. Or, you know, I have tons of other movies I'll make that I'm sure will be that. But this one is more just hoping that someone who watches it gets even one thing that makes them curious and this was this is almost like an introduction if you're going to see any of my other movies just like read some books about this stuff and your life will change <laughs> there you go there you go yeah. good but well, we've covered a lot of ground tommy you got some wrap-up question no i think it's uh awesome work that you do and it's going to open some doors and a whole different group of folks that you know otherwise may not have explored this and it'll be interesting to see how many converts come out of this going that they want to learn more so yeah. I think, uh, it sounds like a great path you've decided to jump on thank you i know i have no choice it's what i'm supposed to be doing if i could if i wanted an easy career i literally just would have directed like a straight up action or harm movie and been famous by now <laughs> <laughs> there you go well sometimes the easy path is not your path you know and yeah. when you're creating a new path Everybody else follows you. That's the best part about that. So I would say keep it up because I think there is truly a, an overwhelming hunger for this stuff. Otherwise, like I said, things like the History Channel and the Ancient Aliens and all that kind of stuff would not be as popular as what it is. And Ghost Adventures with um, Bagan, you know, yeah. Fagan and so forth. And and we've yeah. had some people on here who've done some of his stuff too, you know, been with him on a number of those events. So when you decide you will need a, a series of resources, let us know. We'll be happy to hook yeah. you up with some great resources um, for your next adventure into the metaphysics. Yeah. So, so uh, Dana, what, what do you want to leave our listeners with as we start to close out? Um, let me think. I guess I'll just think of three things that I want to tell people. I wish I thought of this before, but I'll just take what one thing I wanted to shout out a company that has really been integral in my process. And I feel like the thing I love about them is they want you to listen to yourself over everything, but they still teach you a lot of cool stuff. The Monroe Institute, the gateway experience was like game changer for me to do. I did that last year and it really opened my mind up even further to consciousness travel and meditation and remote viewing and all of those things. Um, so that's number one. Number two is if you do feel like alone or like giving up or like you have this mission and you don't really understand it, but you're just like doing these certain things and you don't understand what you're doing. My advice is to keep going in whatever your life's passion and whatever your heart wants and your soul wants, because even though it is a harder or longer path, I think, you know, amazing things can come out of it. And there is always light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, as depressing as it can be to feel like you don't have that many supporters or friends, if you get through that kind of like the alchemist, the desert and the alchemist, you will come out the other side with amazing people and amazing experiences. And just, you know, even if it takes a few, some years, like just push through it. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, you'll still have your soul and you'll be doing what you want to do. Um, and then my third thing is I think above all what I'm learning and I forget this sometimes is just to practice love and understanding with everyone, even the people that cut you off, 
because I'm sure a lot of us get mad at people when they drive and cut us off and we want to curse at them, but we have to remember we do the same thing to people when we're in a rush. So I think just like noticing the paradoxical ways we think and how hard we can be on people, even people that really hurt us, just try to understand those people and forgive and move on and treat everyone with love and respect. And that is it. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So when you were dealing with the Monroe Institute, did you do the hemi-sync? You had a chance yes, to yeah. the headphones and do the whole hemi-sync thing? Very yeah, cool. I was there yeah. for seven days. Yeah, we did the it every single day. I was on a high after that place. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know some of the yeah, some of the folks now out there. Yeah, story. I do remote viewing too. So yes, I remember you told me that. Yeah. yeah. Tons of fun. Yeah, really cool stuff. And people can learn how to do that. I mean, yeah, you can go to school for it if you want, but if <laughs> if you're pretty intelligent, you can pretty much learn how to do it yourself too. Um yeah. yeah. You can. Yeah. So yeah, I've had you learn uh, anything yourself. Yeah. I mean, the Stargate project that they was done, you know, back in the day, you know, I had lunch with the supervisor of that and he's in his eighties and very, uh, very cool guy. Got the opportunity to talk about all that. It was all top secret back in the day, but yeah. most all of it has been released at this particular point. So you can, you can get all that information. So if people want to really go out and do it, so. But I think you have so many topics ahead of you. I'm just uh, very excited for you. And I hope this is a very successful film so we can bounce you forward into doing yeah. some more, you know, and um, that's what it's all about. So other than that, um, I will just uh, say thanks for coming on. And to everybody from the Metaphysical Mysteries, we want to thank all of our listeners and viewers. And uh, we will be back. And uh, Make sure you go out and check out Dana Kipple's fantastic film that'll be out August 25th called Reflection. And, reflect. Uh, huh? Correct? Okay. Reflect. Oh, reflect. reflect. I'm sorry. Reflect. Well, I was just adding some more to it. Okay. Reflect. <laughs> there you go. This tells you what I know. And uh, <laughs> anyway, we will uh, we'll see you guys in the theaters and on stream streaming on online. So... We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks very much.